Hello, my name is Aaron Wexler, and welcome to another episode of Within the Game. Within the Game is all about how to treat your craft and your life like a game so you can stay inspired, have more fun, and commit to being the best version of yourself. Thank you to all the listeners and the fans of the show. And if you would like to support the show, a great way to do that is grab a copy of my book, The Inspired Athlete, as well as to share this episode with anyone you think would benefit from it. Also, if you could give the channel a like and a subscribe, those things really help out. I love speaking with inspired people and uh, people who, you know, play life like a game and play to win. And so today I have the honor of having McKenna Wrights on the show with me today. McKenna, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a blessing for, to have you in my life and just to hear about your story because, again, we have to surround ourselves with incredible people and inspiring people, and that's what you are to me. Oh, thank you so much. That means a lot. And likewise, McKenna, you are a TEDx speaker. Uh, you uh, started sharing your story after losing all your hair to alopecia, and now you use your journey of having this autoimmune disease to help others overcome the loss in their life by resetting the mindset of loss into growth and opportunities in their lives, which I absolutely love that. You teach AP psychology and coach varsity volleyball, where you empower the next generation of student athletes to stay on the path of being the best version of themselves. Let's go. McKenna has appeared on Good Morning America, The Jennifer Hudson Show, and many more uh, media outlets. And I'm very lucky to have you uh, with me today. And big shout out to Craig Siegel for connecting us. Appreciate you, Craig. Your IG is at McKenna Writes. Your website is McKennaWrites.com. Thanks again for being here, McKenna. I'm going to just jump right into the first question. I always uh, ask all my guests this. What does living an inspired life mean to you? Living an inspired life to me is always reaching for the next thing. Surrounding yourself with others who are going to challenge you who are going to empower you who are wanting the best for you you know every day is going to be a different day and for me uh i talk about this in my ap psychology class of reaching the 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 peak of maslow's hierarchy of needs of reaching self-actualization but to me personally i never want to reach self-actualization because i always lo i love achieving goals i love winning i don't know if i hate losing more than i like winning but i don't Regardless, um, I, when I hit a goal, I will celebrate, but then I'm always in the mindset of what's next. How can I improve? The only way that that's possible is by continuously surrounding myself with others who are going to help motivate me and inspire me to get out of my own comfort zone, the one that we created. And I think that's what's most important for me. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for being a fan of the show. I really appreciate your support. And if you'd like to further support the podcast, please grab a copy of my book, The Inspired Athlete. Uh, the Inspired Athlete is all about my personal growth journey, my athletic journey, my spiritual journey, all combined into one. And really the idea is that um, the energy of the inspired athlete is within us all, and it's up to us to evoke that. And uh, whether you consider yourself an athlete or a competitor or not, it's my belief that the energy of the inspired athlete is within us. Even if you just decide to take a deep breath and just move your body, that's the inspired athlete. So it would mean a lot if you could help support the book project as well as the podcast by grabbing a copy, uh, links to the Amazon uh, paperback version as well as the Audible um, audiobook version are listed below in the description. Thank you very much for your support. Stay inspired, y'all. Love that. I absolutely love that. 
Um, you know, and the idea of inspiration for me, it's one thing to get inspired. It's another thing to stay inspired, you know, as a coach, as a teacher, mm -hmm. how do you, how do you relay that message? Right. Cause I, I just feel like that's a challenge for a lot of people is how do you stay there? I think the biggest thing is that we need others to understand that we are all, we all have a story. We all have daily challenges, whether they're mountain or molehills, we all have different perspectives. And when we are vulnerable with our story, when we're vulnerable with our message of, you know what, today I'm just having an okay day. That allows others to have that understanding that it's okay to not be okay. Right. <laughs> you know, I speak a lot about that, like that we need to show our true selves and we need to show our true selves all the time. And being a teacher being Aaron Wexler, we are in the spotlight all the time. And so that means that people are constantly watching us, whether it's on social media or at the grocery store or at work or on the court, they're constantly watching. How are we reacting? And that is what inspires me to continue going because I know I have two beautiful daughters at home that are watching my every move and have been through watching my every move through my own journey to student athletes, to my own students. Um, and everyone in between, everyone that I walk by, I want to inspire to understand that they're not alone. And I think that's what, for me, continues allowing me to be inspired and live inspired. Yes. And, you know, I want to get into your story in a second. But, you know, the message that you just said right there, do you, would you say that's your main message? 100%. The main I... message. Yeah. Like, and and just to be on, um, just to talk about a message, like for me, it was the, the idea of stay inspired, right? Because I, I was, I went through a lot, a, a, a big chunk of time where I was uninspired, I was burned out. Mm -hmm. And I'm very open with that now, right? Like I, I talk about that now, because now I'm like, I just find so many things that inspire me, right? Even like this conversation right here is just, mm -hmm. it's inspiring, but to be on that path and, and, you know, we're not all the, part of my message is that we're not always up there in inspiration all the time, but to be on that path, I think is my message, you know? And um, we, I, I wanna ask you this, do you think everyone has a message? Do you think everyone has a unique message? Everyone has a story. Yeah. And it takes life to happen for us to see what our message is. Yeah. And I, I we don't know when it's gonna happen. Um, and it could be uh, something that's transformative that continues on. But the fact that we all continue to show up every single day, if that's your message, let it be. I love that. That's awesome. That's just a good starting point, right? I'm going to show yeah. up today. <laughs> yep. And I don't care how you show up. Just show up. Right. Like Whether you're in your pajamas or you're in a tuxedo or you know whether it's mentality, physicality, or emotional, just show up. Mm, that's beautiful. Uh, let's get into your story a little bit. Uh, briefly share with the audience, you know, how you became who you are today, what you went through, everything. I am very blessed that I have been surrounded with such an amazing support system. Uh, my dad was a college athlete. My grandfather was a, you know, fought in World War II. My mom is a, one of my most biggest inspirational. I have a husband who loves me through and through. So I've been very blessed in that standpoint that I have an amazing support system. Growing up as a as an athlete, as a college athlete, I love the structure. Uh, and playing volleyball, you know that it's a it is in one of the most intense team sports that you cannot win alone. You have to rely on others and you have to be geared towards 
one task. And so having that in my life has is allowing me to sit here today and to tell my story. Mm -hmm. uh, I grew up being known for my hair. I, everyone knew me for my hair. And I had our youngest in May of 2015. And four months later, I'm standing in the shower with my hands full of hair in complete disbelief. Within three weeks in November of 2015, I lost almost every strand of hair in my entire body. And I felt as though as every strand of hair that w fell out, my identity was being ripped away from me. And, you know, we talk about showing up and we talk about living that inspired life. I, my hair started to recede back and I started to wear a headband. And as I was teaching, because I still showed up, my mom was asking me like, how, how do you do it? How do you, you know, how are you doing every day? I said, there's no other choice. I have two beautiful daughters watching my every move. I have students who are relying on me. I have a family to take care of. I still got out of bed. doesn't mean that I was being my best. It doesn't mean that I was, you know, I was consciously there, but I was there. And I remember standing in front of my AP psychology students and my hair was substantially thin. My hair was receding back. And I said, my hair is falling out and we don't know why. And I'm going to start to look different. And that is when we talk about living that inspired life is that is me showing my students. It, it wasn't, there was no reason except for them to know that I was not sick. You know, I was diagnosed with alopecia. It's an autoimmune, autoimmune disease that attacks your hair follicles and causes your hair to fall out. There's nothing physically wrong with me, but everyone that sees me believes so because we have that representative heuristic of where we automatically assume that it's cancer. And so it was almost just a way for them to know, hey, I'm not dying. I, I, I'm not physically sick. My hair is just falling out. But it also gave me some breathing room to be able to navigate. It was really, really dark storm mm. that I was started to go through. And because I didn't know, I couldn't grasp what was going on with me. Wow. Uh, thank you for sharing that. <laughs> and, you know, the the word that just came to mind as you were sharing that to me, uh, sharing that with me is vulnerability. Like what, what made you become so brave and bold that you could share this, this, like, this is a very personal thing, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's one thing to be in front of your students. I mean, that that's, but now that you're, you're, you're going on all these media outlets, you know, you're going on, you're going all over the place, you know, yeah. Uh, including this podcast, right? You, you're exactly. being very vulnerable with your story. What was the switch that allowed you to become vulnerable and share? Uh, it, what you talk about living that inspired life of how do, how do I want, what type of impact do I want to have on my students? What type of impact do I want to have on my daughters? Yeah. Uh, you know, I had seven bad days a week. And I would come home from school and I would go up into bed and I would just cry, but I made sure it was done behind closed doors so my daughters wouldn't see me. But when I was out in the light, I stood taller um, and it gave me some breathing room. I would never go out without a hat on, without a wig on, but I knew that, you know, the more times I was asked, am I going through treatment? Is it cancer? Can I, yeah. can I pray for you when I'm just in the grocery store? No, it's not cancer. Thankfully, please pray for those who I have something called alopecia. What had happened is that I, it switched to my mind that the more awareness I can bring to alopecia, maybe I can help others reframe their mindset to see the positive in people rather than immediately think the worst. Mm. 
And so it gave me a sense of purpose, which means I could stop thinking about the dark storm that I was going through. And it gave me that purpose of, okay, how can I bring awareness? How Because I had never heard of it before. How can I educate people? So I found that purpose. Then I began, you know, started to be inspired, Yeah, which I had felt I had lost. And so I teamed up with the Cleveland Indians. I teamed up with the Toledo Mudhens, which is a fun team for uh, the Detroit Tigers. I started putting on uh, events, volleyball. We did lots of volleyball matches and uh, galas just to spread the word. And so my seven days went from six to five to four. But that's the thing is that we have to give ourselves grace period. When we go through a dark storm, it's okay to be weak. It's okay to cry. It's okay to not be okay. Yeah. When you recognize that, that's when you're most strong. And that's when you ask for help and surround yourselves by at least a person, if not more. And that's why I'm very grateful that I have a husband who, as my hair is falling out, says, McKenna, it's just hair. Mm -hmm. That he loves me beyond that. And so, uh, you know, that's that's how I found a purpose through my own story. I love that. You know, and, and as athletes and coaches, right, like we're so blessed to have a sport that we identify with. And it, it almost identifies us, right? Like we, you know, we spend so much time with it. Uh, what inspires me is when I hear stories like yours and, and then I hear your response, right? It, it's one thing to have stuff happen in life, but to have the response, to hear the response that you've had with your, with, with, with this condition, um, mm -hmm. that is inspiring, right? Because life, life happens, stuff happens, right? It's mm -hmm. how do we respond, you know? And, and I just, I really acknowledge you and I respect you for that because it's not easy to do. And it takes that bravery. It takes courage. It, it takes that courage. Talk about courage for uh, just for a minute and how that has created more confidence in you. How, how like, you know, you have the courage inside you, but you've like fostered it. You've created a, a confidence based from this courage and saying, you know what? I'm going to go for this. I'm going to spread my message. I'm going to help other people. Here I go. Let's go. Talk about that. I think it really stems to me being a coach. You know, I have these young female athletes who I'm remembering back when I was a high school athlete and being so insecure and questioning and wanting people to like me and trying to find friends. I wanted to be the person that I needed in high school. Mm. And so that's where the courage to continue showing up. I talk about one season, we talked about being all in. Yeah. And like, and what we need to understand is that people's definitions of all in is going to be different every single day. Wow. If it was just 1% better, if you move from the couch to bed or bed to the couch and that's your all in, I applaud you. Like that's the biggest thing. It's not running through a brick wall every day. Right. And that's what is the misconception is that everyone's like, I'm going to go 110%. Screw that. It is being able to just get your butt out of bed. And so that's what I want to inspire my, my daughters and my, my players. And that's where I found the courage because what am I teaching them? What am I teaching them that when life happens, how are you going to react it? Are you either going to allow it to define you or are you going to define it? There we and go. when, when, it. when you define it, you are now taking control. And that is where the courage comes from. And you feel that that superpower 
and you feel that control of how your attitude. And that's, you know, that's where that courage comes from. Okay. That is awesome. I, I heard that you say this on another podcast. I would love for you to repeat it and then just like explain it, like unpack it a little bit more because it, it can be so relatable to so many people. The, that, that phrase you said the, okay. about be, defining it. Uh, you either you allow it to define you or you define it. Yeah. And I look at it as, you know, the Christmas a month after I lost all my hair, it was my daughter's first Christmas. And I maybe took one or two pictures total mm. because I was so ashamed and so embarrassed, you know, for the next year, I rarely went out with friends. I was so insecure. Uh, I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror. I was allowing alopecia to find me dictate how I interacted with my daughters, with my, with society, with myself and how I viewed myself. And when I stopped allowing it to define me and I'm like, I'm going to take control that I'm going to define what alopecia is to me. It started to open up my eyes and allow me to really see the world. That is so empowering. Like where my mind just went was like, that could be anything. It mm -hmm. could be losing a game. That could be going through trauma. That could be like whatever happened to you. Right. And I have, I have plenty of things that I think I'm thinking about right now for my life. <laughs> like, I don't want those things to def those things to define me. I want to define those things. Yep. Right. Yep. And that's the biggest thing is now, you know, I say it, am I going to allow this to define me or am I going to define it? Damn it. And I'm going to define it because there's a lot of things that are out of our control, but they're the one thing that, and I talk about this all the time. The one thing that's in our control is our mindset is our attitude. Yeah. And I talk about this quote all the time from the Jack, Captain Jack Sparrow of the Pirates of the Caribbean. The problem is not the problem. The problem is the attitude about the problem. We as humans are innately wanting to be in control. And when we're not in control, we're going to do whatever we can to be in control. That means we are going to waste so much energy in our lives to focus on something that we, there's nothing we can change about it. But what we always have control over is our attitude is our mindset towards traffic to long lines at the grocery store, to losing your hair, to going to a loss of a volleyball match, to whatever it may be. It happened. The loss happened. What do I have control over? I have control over my attitude. How am I going to become better because of it? Mm. Wisdom nuggets right there. <laughs> Wisdom nuggets. Uh, I want to get into this journey of self-love that I've heard you mm -hmm. talk about. Now, for me, you know, I, it's actually chapter one in my book, The Inspired Athlete, which I, I talk about love and then self-love and like the importance that you really need to love yourself first. You have to look, you have to just love that person you see in the mirror, right? More than anything else, before you go to practice, before you go to work, right? It's like, that has to be like the number one thing. I would love to hear your perspective on that and how you found that for you. I will tell you that it took every strand of hair to fall out of my body and to be almost 40 years old to discover self-love. Mm. And that is me making sure that others know that it's okay if you're not there, as long as you're on the journey of discovering that self-love. Um, you know, we live in a society is forever changing. I see it from when I was growing up to my high school students, to my daughters, and we are constantly surrounded by others. When we left high school, we got to escape whatever was going on in school. Now it follows you wherever you go. And so what's happening 
is that we are comparing ourselves to others all the time. Right. How we look, how we are physically, um, our physical abilities, our academic abilities, our emotions, our communication styles. And it's, it's an eight. And so that's why I love talking more about it is the more we can become conscientious about it, the more we can implicitly be able to recognize that we are on our own path. And if we can stop comparing ourselves to others and be inspired by others, when we see that Instagram photo or we see the YouTube video and we are inspired by what they're doing and understanding that that's not me, but maybe I can do something like that and it's going to inspire me to go onto my own path. That's what's most important. And, you know, that's, that is the most beautiful thing about life is that we have to understand how important loving ourselves and loving our own reflection. And so I briefly talked about how my husband said, McKenna, it's just hair. In the moment of when I was losing my hair, it was my identity. It was everything to me. I couldn't imagine living the rest of my life being a bald woman. And it took me the six years of having that purpose of learning to inspire others and empower others to find the silver linings where I finally stopped and I stared at myself in the mirror. And I said to myself, this is what makes me me. Mm. This is I, what I pour out into the world is what makes me so unique. And I love everything about me. Like people ask me, do you want your hair back? No, because alopecia didn't give me my purpose. I'm a firm believer that my purpose, my message has always been there. I just haven't been able to see it because I've been in my own way. Wow. And so alopecia was a blessing in my life because it showed me my true purpose. And so that's why we have to look at losses in life. We have to look at daily hassles to understand what is our message, the impact of our message. And that's coming from you and no one else. Right. And that's when you're going to love your reflection. Wow. Wow. That's beautiful. Made me a little emotional thinking about that. There's two things I want to uh, unpack there that you said. The first one was comparison syndrome, <laughs> which um, I got to be honest, I'm guilty of that. You know, I talk about being inspired. I talk about self-love. And those are things that I really truly believe in. And everything you just said, I completely agree with. However, Sometimes it's difficult. Like you mentioned, you mentioned Instagram, you mentioned looking around. It's real easy to be like, why, why am I not like that person? Or I should be more like this person. How, how can you like coach us on that a little bit? I love that you talked about that, that you said you compare, we all do. And you know, I can talk so much about it. Does that mean that I'm never comparing? Absolutely not. But I think you know, it's all about the neuronal connections. The more we become consciously aware that we are explicitly realizing that, oh, dang it, I'm you're catching yourself yeah. comparing. Then we become more consciously aware of that. We can take that step back and realize I'm not them. And they're on chapter 20, you know, and we're only on chapter one. And we have to understand where we're at on our journey. And so I think that's where it's really important. It's just... You know, you go look for a car and you happen to find 
a red car that you like. Now you're going to see that red car everywhere else because your brain is now consciously aware of it. Right. And it's the same thing of when we find ourselves automatically doing something, those neuronal connections are going to create this long-term potentiation where it's going to cause us to be able to catch ourselves and figure out what is most important, you know, right. and that's, yeah. Yeah. Well, just to go on that a little further, like as athletes, right? Like mm -hmm. athlete, we do that. I, I think we, that happens naturally, especially if we're playing someone better. Mm -hmm. We're like, okay, it's one thing to be inspired and be like, yeah, they're really good. I could be good too. It's another thing to be like, man, I, I need to be like that. I need to be like mm -hmm. that person or that player, you know, that's hard to do. Right. Yeah. It, you know, it's really funny. You know, you look at some players and you're like, oh, I wish I could jump as high as them. Right. We were all given our abilities. Now, work ethic is a totally different thing. Yeah. And that's what athletes need to understand is that, you know, my husband is 6'1", but can play unbelievable volleyball. <laughs> and so he knew what his weakness was, and that was not being tall. And his strength is being able to outsmart. And so that's what we have to understand. We have to understand what are our strengths and what are our weaknesses. My strengths are going to be the yang to their weaknesses, their yang. And so as a teammate, what is my role? It's the same thing in life. What is my role? Understand what I'm good at. Understand what I'm not good at surround myself with the people that are good at the things that I'm terrible at. Right. Right. And then that's going to allow us as a community, small or large, to be that much more effective. Huge thank you to new sponsor of the show, Chico Bag. Chico Bag is your eco-friendly travel pack and shopping companion. I actually have my travel pack right here. I use it almost every day and I love it. Love it for little day trips or um, going to the grocery store. It replaces hundreds of single-use plastic bags and fits in your pocket or purse. And with its stylish and durable design, you can take it anywhere. Chico Bag is a certified B Corp and donates 1% of sales to environmental causes. So join the Chico Bag revolution to reduce plastic waste and create a sustainable future. Visit ChicoBag.com and get 20% off your order as a Within the Game podcast listener using promo code Within the Game. Back to the show. Love it. Um, you also mentioned identity. And this is something I think is, well, it is relatable to everybody, right? We all kind of need to know who we are, right? And in whatever role that is, whether it's uh, in school, in business, as, you know, as a podcaster, as an athlete, as a, in relationship, one of the things that I like to do, and I've been doing this recently, I haven't, I didn't do this my whole life actually, but you know, I recently turned 40 myself and I recently just started doing this throughout the day, which is prompting myself, which is very simply I am. And then I just kind of fill in, fill in the blank. Right. And I fill in the blank with all the empowering words. Like for me, it says, I am a, a being of love and light. I am a lighthouse and I radiate love and light. <clears throat> I am an inspired athlete. You know, I am healthy, wealthy. Like I just, I just fill in the blank with things that I am and I am affirming that. So I was hoping that you could share maybe a tool that you use to help anyone listening to this who might be struggling with like the identity factor, which is who am I? Affirmations are my, like, I have this right here. Abundance flows through me with ease. Love that. That means that every time I open up my laptop, which is a lot, 
I am constantly being surrounded by my affirmations. And so having them on post-it notes on your mirror, it is allowing you, even if you don't believe it, what do you want to believe? What do you want to feel? And then put it into the universe. Say it to yourself over and over. The more we see, the more we believe. And, you know, it's, I remember when I used to be a waitress in college and you, I walk in and I'm having a terrible day. But if I walk up to that table in a terrible mood, I'm not getting a great tip. And so what I have to do is I have to walk in and I have to change my whole mindset. And at first I'm faking it, but then we know it's going to happen. All of a sudden that smile is going to continue and continue and continue. It's the same thing of that belief that we have for ourselves. And so that's where we can grow our identity. And so a a quick uh, activity that I do with some people is write down 10 words that you use to describe yourself. And when you're looking at those 10 words, that, that in no particular order, are those 10 words that you're proud of? Mm. And then do 10 words of your ideal self. And what words do you want to be representing you that when I walk out the door from hanging out with you, I say, oh, he is relentless. He is inspired. Now, how am I going to get from point A to point B? What am I, how am I going to get to be that person, leave that legacy? And it's through those affirmations. It's through writing out those statements and putting it into the universe. It is writing letters to yourself from the past. Right. So, you know, it's May 18th. Write a letter to yourself as though it's May 18th of 2024. Tell me what happened this past year. Tell me all the great things that happened. Tell me how did you get through the tough times? Because not every day is sunshine and rainbows. But when you talk about the things that happened to you as though they already happened, again, you're putting into the universe and you're setting your identity of believing that anything is possible. Yeah, and you're increasing your vibration. And this, I mean, this is manifesting 101, yes. right? I mean, <laughs> like that. And yeah, I, I love that. I, I also, not just manifesting, this is also emotional intelligence, all right? EQ, uh, mm-hmm. something that we all need to refine on a daily basis, right? Just getting control over our emotions. Or this is this is uh, mental, mental health awareness month, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think everything we've been talking about so far has been mental health and you know, getting control of our own self-talk. Maybe that's a great transition to self-talk actually right now. Like how do you, how do you define self-talk and how do you coach it with your players? It's all about switching the narrative from the negative to the positive. It is eliminating the negative words. It is eliminating the negative thoughts of it's match point ball is in your hands. You're serving I love the ball in my hands. Like I want to be serving. I I'm a setter. Like I know exactly who I'm going to, what I'm going to do. Let's go. Let's go. I love it. (laughs) Um, When you're holding that ball, are you thinking to yourself, let's go? Or are you thinking, oh my gosh, don't miss, don't miss, don't miss. And it's, it's all about that self-doubt. When we eliminate that self-doubt and it's reaffirming to my players that they're there, they're here for a reason. And we need to make sure that we are pouring into others 
because that if you go back to hi hierarchy of needs if you notice belonging and being loved is before self-esteem and we always have this discussion in our minds in our bodies we have to feel that we belong when we feel that love when we feel that bond then we start to stand a little we feel that purpose we understand that role and so it has to be a constant communication but it also has to be open communication having that self-talk i just had a player come to me today and had a very open conversation and that's what's important is that she felt comfortable enough to come to me and say hey coach i'm thinking about x y and z right now let's talk about it and having that self-talk knowing that again it's okay to not be okay it's okay yeah. to have that negative self-talk but you have to lean on others and let's talk through it. Right. Let's reframe them. I, you have an outside perspective coming in to be able to get you out of that cloud that you're in, to be able to see your potential, to see the silver linings, to be able to see how valuable you are. And then that's going to put you on a different path which allows you to have these sticky notes, which allows you to stand taller and walk prouder and walk more confidently. Mm. I love it, McKenna. This is awesome. Um, let's talk a little bit. Do you have a few more minutes? Yep. Let's talk a little bit about leadership. I know you're big on leadership. So <laughs> am I. Uh, it's one of the things that lights me up. One of the, one of the, um, the topics or ideas that I, I get fired up about, I, I feel like you do as well. W what are some things that a true inspired leader, what are some like qualities of a true inspired leader? And what are some things that you teach for your up and coming leaders? One of the biggest words for me is consistency. Mm -hmm. Are you consistently showing up as you, you know, being able to be vulnerable and talk about the good things and the bad things, yeah. being able to say, Hey, I messed up. It is pouring into others it is allowing others to feel inspired and to feel empowered just by your presence gotcha. they are always constantly being encouraged without you even having to say anything but it, it goes back to being consistent i talk a lot about your leadership brand what is your brand and so when you're looking at those 10 words that you talked about are those are you consistently being those words all the damn time one of my words is relentless i that is one of my favorite words is being relentless in everything that I do. Again, it's not running through a brick wall, but it is, I talk the talk and I walk the walk. You know, when I'm walking through the grocery store, I'm standing tall because I want others to be able to see me and say, wow, you know, she's going through something, even though I'm really not anymore, but they can say, wow, if she's strong enough to walk confidently, I can get through whatever I'm getting through. And that's where that consistency comes through. It is being trusted. It is pouring into others, but you also have to pour into yourself as we've talked about. Right. Being a leader is putting yourself first. I wake up at 445 almost every single morning and go work out. I pour into myself for the first hour because that's me time because the other 23 hours is for everyone else mm. and sleeping. <laughs> But that's what's most important is that we have to understand is that especially going through life is we always put everyone ahead of ourselves. What are we teaching others then? We have to teach others 
take care of ourselves because when we can't take care of ourselves, eventually we're going to break down, which means we don't have the longevity to be able to continue leading. And as a leader, it doesn't matter where you're at on your journey, whether you're an aspiring leader or a veteran and everything in between, we have to consistently learn from one another, learn from others who are outside of our industry, learn from people and all different aspects of their journey because we get ideas because we have to get out of our own habits and our own ways to see because the world is changing every single day and we have to keep up with it or be ahead of it. Mm. So well said. It made me think of the difference between being selfish and being self-absorbed. Mm-hmm. You know, and and what that what I mean by that is like selfish in a good way. Where I know that word gets a lot of negative connotation, but for me, like taking taking care of yourself first. Being like like I gotta take I gotta take care of me before I can go be a leader, right? Rather than being self-absorbed, which is all about me, right? Like mm-hmm. everything, those 23, 24 hours, mm-hmm. all about me, right? Self-absorbed. You know, how do we teach that to to the up and coming, the next generation? How do we teach that difference? It's open communication. It is constantly having discussions. It is constantly just when I teach and a student asks me a question, I will never give them the answer. It is my responsibility to prime their mind, to be able to think differently, to be able to discover the answer on their own. Mm -hmm. And so- that is what I get to do in my class is let's think about that question. Let's think about what you just did there. What was the ultimate purpose? And that's discussion I have, you know, with my, my daughters all the time is that I have to, I'm teaching them when to hold a door open for someone, but when also to put yourself first. <laughs> and that's a, it's an ongoing thing that I'm learning <laughs> as not just a teacher, but as a mom of, putting yourself first, but also taking care of others. And where is the line and does the line cross? And so it's constantly just talking. And that's what this, the Gen Zs are afraid to do is talk. Yeah. They don't, having that conversation, an open conversation, a face-to-face conversation. Yeah. yeah. And being called out and being okay with being called out. Because it it stops us in our tracks and allows us to introspect on what is my why and how am I going to get there? Right. Yeah. One thing I would offer to that too is, is prompting. I think prompting mm-hmm. is like self-prompting, you know, which is, we talked about the affirmations, but then prompting others, right. Asking mm-hmm. questions, you know, creating that curiosity, but le- allowing the curiosity to turn into a conversation. Like you just said, like that prompting, uh, even now with like chat GBT, like the prompting is becoming a skill. Right. So how can we prompt ourselves and prompt others to create more, like you're saying, this this community, this conversation, this this constant evolution of thought process, you know, and you can't stop. And that's why we have conversations like we are having right now and continuously have conversations with others because it's that ongoing and every conversation, every sentence, it takes you in a different direction Yeah, and it allows you to grow. And that's what's that's what's very cool. I love it. Um, just a few more things, McKenna. I, yeah. I actually want to talk about spirituality and personal growth as it relates to athletics. And this is something that's <clears throat> you can take you can take this however you want, but this is something for me <clears throat> that's been kind of a big part of my athletic journey, right? Because uh, I don't know, like winning and losing just seems to be it's there, right? There's always you. Always, and, and again, I agree with you when you first said <laughs> I love to win too, right? I'm super competitive. 
but I've experienced winning, experienced losing, you know, at, at big levels. And what seems to me, what, what comes to mind when I look back on my athletic journey and I, I still continue to compete is that there's a bigger picture going on. There's a bigger picture than just the result of the, of the competition. Right. And that bigger picture is everything that we just talked about embodied in sport, you know? Um, I don't know. I don't even know if I'm like prompting the question, right? Just, just take that, what I just said, and just expand on that if you can. After a loss, which I said, I, I, like I said, I don't know what I, I love winning, but I think I hate losing more. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm a firm believer that we have, I talk about all the time, you have to lose in order to win. Mm -hmm. You know, I, we had a really tough loss this year. It was just, it was quick 3-0 sweep. It was embarrassing. And we had a discussion and I, as a coach, we can always go two directions. One, I'm just going to run you. Like, what yeah. does that do? What is that teaching them? Now, if they're being, dis you know, if they're being disrespectful, things like, but let's talk about it. And then we turn around and have an incredible 3-0 sweep on someone else and we destroy this next team. And so life has to happen. You know, it doesn't matter where you're at spirituality, when you see the why. And so when I talked about how Alopecia gave me my purpose, I am a believer that God truly said, McKenna, you're not seeing your purpose. Like we've tried to show you through many different ways. We're going to show you. Um, and when I was losing my hair, I wanted to wake up and either my hair was back or I just had the guts to be G.I. Jane and shave my head. Neither happened, but you have to go through. You can't rip a Band-Aid off quickly. You have to go through in order to grow through, as people say. Right. And to me, it's being able to feel that fire inside. It's being able to continue throwing wood onto the pile from understanding that every step you take and every step that you're taking towards that purpose is allowing you more freedom in your thoughts and more power in the way you're influencing and supporting others. That to me is why I, I was about to say love losing. I can't say I love losing, but why we have to lose to be able to, cause I'm winning. Like I am winning at life. Because I've been able to reframe my my life challenge into not only incredible opportunity, but thrive because of it. And I am a firm believer that I would not be where I'm at in life if I would never lost my hair. So I'm very, very blessed. Mm. Wow. Um, and then, you know, building on that too, let, let's just go back into sports first. Let, let's go back into the game or a practice or, or a, you know, a competition is is finding the flow i love talking about flow mm -hmm. finding the flow is that something you can practice or does that just come like expand on flow for me Ooh, um i get to coach 15 16 17 18 year olds and then we also just went through COVID, so we're dealing with different types of seasons mm -hmm. we're dealing with a society where the expectation is you're playing travel you're you're getting recruited you're never not in the gym my goal is, is to create a well-rounded, not only athlete, but just a female. Mm. I want my players just to be kids. I want to help remove the pressures, remove the expectations that are on them all the time. 
And so every preseason we do team bonding. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a place in Ohio called the Hocking Hills, where there's caves that you can go and hiking trails. We rented a lodge. I rented a house two and a half hours away from here later for next preseason. And it's just to one, learn about one another, but it's also to a time for us just to come together as a team. And when we come together as a team, I listen to uh, Becky Schmidt, who's the Hope College volleyball coach, and she talked about cultivating a culture. Yeah. And are you focused on the social aspect of it or the task? And I feel like I, I as a coach, have been focusing on the social aspect to put us in the flow. And so it's more of let's focus on individuals and what are the what are their individual goals and then whatever what are our team goals and then that'll bring some more flow. It's got to be different. I'm I'm going to be switching to the task. I I always tell my players you can't be best you you don't have to be best friends with your teammates. Just be a teammate. Be a great right. teammate. Right, right. But you can't. There's so many things that are just innate. I'm a firm believer. And, but having that task, cultivating that, if everyone is geared towards that task, whatever that goal is, however you need to get it done, you get it done, then we're in the flow. Yeah. And, but you have to figure out what is, what are the dynamics of your team? Sure. What is going to be most effective? And is it something that you have to focus on? Maybe you're already in the flow. Right. You're looking at US national teams and they're in the flow. They have they are they have one goal and they're they're going to run through a brick wall. They're going to plan broken bones, whatever it may be, in order to accomplish the task. Yeah. Um, and but then you bring in that they support and love one another. I mean, we saw it with the women's team this past Olympics and it it was incredible. Yeah, no, absolutely. I've had Karch on the show before, uh coach coach Karch Karai. Yep. He talks about mindfulness training a little bit as well. And I think that's big for any age or any gender, you know, mindfulness training to me is, you know, learning how to meditate, even if it's only for a minute, learning how to visualize, even even if it's only for a minute, because it's not easy to do. Do you mm-hmm. implement any of that stuff? in your? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I started this. We started actually during COVID, but we they ask every year. We, after school ends, we get the net set up at, or if we're on the road, we go into the gym and we do some sort of five to 10 meditation. Nice. They, they disconnect. Um, I challenge them to go sit on the court somewhere. Like I would always go sit in the setting position, uh, but visualize yourself, visualize yourself doing something good, getting a high five, cheering for teammates. You know, seeing that perfect set or, you know, that great serve or that amazing block or just completely disconnect from life for 10 minutes. Right. We have to slow down our mind. And it just, they just went through a full day of school, highs and lows, everything in between. And this is, and they love it. And we, I've seen a big change, not just physically, but emotionally and psychologically, which is so critical. Totally. In life. It's so good to hear that you're doing that. And for anyone listening who, you know, might not be an, might not identify as an athlete or, you know, team or coach or volleyball, any of that stuff, I encourage everyone to just try to start some mindfulness training. Like it could be, it could be like a minute in your car, just breathing without looking at the phone. And just like what McKenna said, just like, just 
just slow down for a minute. For me, that's kind of changed my life um, when I started doing that. Because, you know, as an entrepreneur, we're always going fast. We're doing this, we're doing that. Even as an athlete, doing this, doing that. Um, but I started to slow down recently. It's, I've actually been able to enjoy those moments more. I actually look forward to those moments more. Um, so, And yeah. even if you need to schedule it, schedule it. <laughs> and it's okay <laughs> to schedule it. Yeah, yeah. As, in order to make sure it happens. But make sure it happens. And you have to start slow because... Like, I'm not a yoga person because it's tough for me to go slow. Like, I want to be training. Like, I see you train. Like, that's what I yeah, like yeah. to do because that's being, you know, a college athlete. But we have to intertwine that mindfulness in. Yeah, totally. Uh, last question, McKenna. Thanks so much for your time today, too. Um, how do you find fulfillment? I find fulfillment just being with my family. Mm. You know, I, we just went golfing two nights ago we for first time in so long we didn't have anything going on and fulfillment is just being present which is a very difficult thing to do um but whether we're at a softball game or a volleyball match or my husband's coaching and i'm across the way or he's i'm coaching it's knowing that i'm loved knowing that i love and living in the moment that is fulfillment for me wow wow mike brought moment <laughs> that's so so great um wow what a beautiful conversation uh before we go how can people best support you i uh, i just i hold the door open for someone say pleases say thank yous say hi to anyone that you walk by to me that's helping out me um because we're putting more positivity into the world and just love yourself and maybe follow me on instagram mckenna writes but other than that just continue being you because you're beautiful i love it hey, hey actually real quick don't you have a book on its way i'm working on it you're working on it okay <laughs> i'm working okay. at it yes yes all right cool well you know what when that's when that's done i want to have you back let's so go we'll, we'll, we'll promote <laughs> that McKenna writes, thank you so much for joining today. For everyone listening, I appreciate you making it this far. Thank you for being a part of uh, the journey, for being a part of this conversation. Everyone, peace and blessings. Stay inspired.